Welcome to the Wake Up To Your Life podcast. I'm your host, Amanda Faust, a certified high-performance coach committed to helping propel you into a full and meaningful life. If you're tired of going through the motions and you're craving a life filled with purpose and intention, then you're in the right place. Together, we'll explore strategies, share stories, and unlock the secrets to living your life to the fullest. So grab your cup of coffee, or in my case, tea, and get ready for a powerful time of waking up to your life. Welcome back to the Wake Up To Your Life podcast. I am super excited because today we're doing something a little different. Usually a podcast episode is a short two to four minutes long with action-packed ways to wake up to your life. And though that is going to continue, I have said that every now and then I'm throwing in an interview with someone who I believe lives out the Wake Up To Your Life approach someone whom I admire greatly and is doing incredible things in the world, who I want to highlight to all of you. And today's guest is Angel Bishop. Angel Bishop and I have worked on and off together for a few years now, and she and I have a lot in common. We're both adopted parents and have a passion for helping kids in foster care. When I started working with Angel, she shared with me about an idea that she had where she would host dinners and mini camps for kids who were in foster care but she knew she wanted to provide a safe and God-centered place for these kids to come and feel loved on a grander scale. She just didn't know how. So what started out as having these kids around her table soon turned into an entire nonprofit organization called True Pursuit. She has an on-site hub where hundreds of kids can now come and participate in after-school activities, receive tutoring, and connect with other kids and adults to give them a sense of normalcy and an abundance of love. I'm so excited for her to share her story of how she went from just a dream to actually living this out and waking up to the life God had for her. Listen in to hear Angel's story and allow her to show you what's possible when you choose to not just live life by going through the motions, but when you choose to wake up to the life God has for you. All right, let's dive in. Okay, welcome to the podcast, Angel. I'm so excited to interview you today, to hear your story, and for listeners to hear how you have um, woken up to your life. So thanks for being here. I'm so excited to be here, Amanda. Thank you. Absolutely. Awesome. Well, I wanted to start with kind of backtracking into your life because I feel like so many of us um, are in different places in our journey. Some of us haven't felt like we are awake at all. Some of us maybe realize that, but aren't totally sure how to wake up to our life. And some of us might be leading a life where we feel fully awake and alive, but we know those seasons where we don't feel that way. And so I kind of want to just touch on each one of those places for you. And so I want to start back to a time when you would consider that you weren't awake to your life. Could you tell me more about what that was like and what it was like to wake up to your life? Mm -hmm, For sure. I think as we go through life, I mean, there's stages, there's phases, you know, we, we move forward, we take steps and we're growing. And then I think we can get stuck and complacent, you know, and I think for me, um, I realized I was kind of in that place um, shortly. It was early on in our marriage. And um, after having our first son, I just, I got comfortable. And I just had this tug at my heart that there's more, but again, you know, I'm a new mom and there's all these things. And so I just felt like I was going through the motions. And I remember it clearly one night because, um, I think Cole was just 
like a year and a half, two years old. And, um, and I'm working, I'm a working mom. And I just was at home one night and I'm like, is this it? You know, and immediately I felt so guilty because we had struggled for with infertility, you know, for years. And so I felt horrible thinking like, how could I say that? I've been, I prayed for this and I had nothing to do with my son because I wanted to be a mom so bad, but there was just also this part of me that's like, I know I'm supposed to be doing more, you know, and it didn't have to be on a big scale or a big stage or anything. It was just more for me. And I immediately had that mom guilt and a little bit of shame. Like, how can you say, is this it? Because I had this thought, like, I get up, I go to work, I, you know, I get him ready. He goes to daycare, you know, which was with my mom. So I was thankful for that. But just the day in day out schedule, we get in a routine, which there's nothing wrong with that. But there was just something I felt missing, you know, and it's like every time you achieve a goal, or every time you you hit that one, if you don't have another one in place, or a next target you're shooting for, you can fall into that complacency. And I just felt kind of stuck, you know, like, um, and guilty about feeling that way because we had prayed so long for, um, for him. And I'm like, so what's now like, that's not enough. And I should, I struggled with feeling, I should feel grateful for the life I have and for what we have. And so that was definite, a a definite time where I just felt like felt that way. Yeah, absolutely. So what do you feel like was missing at the time? Like, were you able to pinpoint it or you just felt Like maybe you didn't know how to name it, but you were just like, something's missing here. Where were you at with that? My purpose. You know, I felt like I was, um, I wanted to be a mom more than anything. And I was, and I think that's one of the most important jobs we can have because we're in charge of, you know, forming and creating and pouring into and raising these amazing humans, you know, to be hopefully incredible people. And I don't take that lightly, but I knew that there was, something else I was supposed to be doing, you know, and I've always had a heart for ministry and foster care and kids. And so I just, I felt like I wasn't fully stepping into what I was called to do. And I wasn't, um, I let myself out, get a lot of, you know, I mean, of course we got to give ourselves grace, but I pinpointed that moment, like I'm supposed to be doing more. And I wasn't because it was the story I was telling myself either, you know, I was too busy, you know, or if I did this, my son's going to be affected and I can't do both. And, you know, the thing that we always tell, because as moms, as women, we put ourselves on the back burner. And so that was it. You know, I felt like I knew that God had put something in my heart to um, do something for these kids and to do, and I was I wasn't fully stepping into that. Um, Part of it had to do with the busyness that I felt, you know, sometimes and part of it had to do with my own lack of abilities. I didn't feel like I, am I well equipped to do this? Am I competent enough to do this? Do I have what it takes to do this? You know, who am I to step in and to do something like this? And so that's where I kind of pinpointed that. Yeah. You touched on so many relatable things just then. Like you talked about how you recognize that there was more, you wanted a purpose, but I love how you touched on, you didn't necessarily think you were equipped for the purpose. So can you share a little bit more about a, how long did it take between like that recognition of, I want more, I I need a purpose here. And then B equipping yourself to step into that Mm -hmm. purpose. What did that look like? So for me, the biggest tag was um, foster care. You know, um, we, I had a, a 
huge heart and I did lots of ministry um, overseas and inner city working with um, orphans and working in just different capacities of, with kids, you know, at-risk kids, youth and all that stuff. I never went to college, you know, so I graduated high school. I went right into a ministry program, which I loved. And I know that's where I was supposed to be. Um, I, that, I mean, we value education highly. I just, it wasn't for me, you know, and but that being said, that also put a lot of insecurities as I'm like going into, um, do I have what it takes? I don't have a college degree. I'm not a social worker. I'm not, you know, so I let the lies and the things, you know, get into my head. And I, the first step I took is like, okay, this is on my heart. So let me find out what is the need, you know, because I think that's where we need to, you find a need and fill it, you know, and I had a heart for this, but I wanted it. I wanted to work smart and I didn't have a big organization behind me. I didn't have, you know, a huge thing. We were a part of a ministry team and we had about 200 college age students that we worked with at the time at church. And so I went and met, I started, the first step is I just started meeting with some different foster care agencies and group homes. And I just asked them, what is your need? What is the biggest need? And I found that mentorship in normalcy activities, because in Arizona, most of our kids that are in the foster care system are in group homes. Mm -hmm. And so there's a huge need of, they're they're lacking consistency. They're lacking that one-on-one. And so I just stepped back and I'm a big proponent of like, you know, God gives us everything we need. We already have it. It's just stepping into it. And I didn't have... We didn't have a big, you know, a huge pot of money to choose from or a budget or a staff. But what I did have in my hands is 200 college age students who are looking for service hours, you know, and who are looking to serve in the community. And so that's how we started. So we took these we found a need and filled it. We took these, you know, college age kids, we matched them up with kids in the group home and we started just doing things that we could do. Sports days, barbecues, things at the park, activities. You know, we had a lot of athletes and musicians. So we would put on like music camps and sports camps and, you know, just day camps. And that's how we started um, just doing using what was in our hands. And that was the first step because, and I realized it was a pivotal moment because I'm like, And I have to, it wasn't like just one aha because it's an ongoing thing because as we grow, you're hit with doubt and insecurity and what were you thinking? But I remember looking at maybe going back to school and I went and I went to the college, I went to take some stuff and Shane, my husband was like, you know, and I didn't want, I didn't have a desire to go to school, but I just was going to do it because I thought I need the piece of paper. And he's like, why do you need a piece of paper to tell you how to do what you're already doing? Mm-hmm. You know? And it's right. Like, I don't need a piece of paper to tell me how to love on kids. You know, God gives us favor and he surrounds us with the right people and he's opened all these doors. And so I just was trying to be obedient and that's it. So I stepped into this. We started which with what was in our hands and we just found a need and filled it. And And that's like how it started. It started with what can we do and, you know, without all of the big stuff. And so we just started, we, there was a door that opened, we stepped in and we met a need, then we met another one and another one. And we just, that's how we did it. That was the approach. This is so good. I love hearing you speak because a, it's just like your thing. You're so good at speaking, but the other thing is just like your heart just like comes out when you just start talking about the thing you love. And so a couple of things I want to point out, because this was gold. I think so many people, um, when they, when they feel like they're lacking purpose, their first question is, well, what is my purpose? Right. And you Mm -hmm. answered that by thinking like, well, what's the need? 
And like, what is it that I'm passionate about that can fill that need? And for you, the need was kids having, um, well, how would you define exactly what that need was like for you? I don't want to define it for you. Yeah. I just, I felt a heart. I wanted every, I just had this burning desire to love on these kids. And like, I want these kids to know who they are and who they are. I want them to feel loved and seen and heard because I just think of the situation that they go through. I mean, these kids are removed from these impossible situations. They have zero control. They're taken and put in with strangers. They don't know where their family is, when they'll see them again, who's going to feed them. Are they safe? You know, and a lot of them are split up from their siblings with no answers. I mean, we've got kids that haven't seen siblings in months. So just think of the most, I mean, if you were removed from your house today and you don't know where you're going to sleep tonight, where your kids are, what, you know, everything you had planned this week, it's gone in an instant and you have no answers. Mm -hmm. It's the most powerless feeling I think anyone could feel. And then imagine feeling that way, but being like seven or eight or, you know, 15. I mean, it's, I can't even imagine. And I know for me, like, I like to know what's going on and I like to have some resemblance of control. And so I just, it's just unbearable. Like when I think about what they face. So I just have this burning desire to just meet them where they're at and just let them know, like, we see you, we're here, you know, and how can we come alongside and help them? And for every child, it's different. Their needs are different, but we just want to be that constant and show up for them. And more importantly, because it is a cycle and they come and go and, you know, their lives are, they're constantly moving. And I mean, we've had some kids that we worked with for seven years, and then we've got some that come and go in a few months. Mm -hmm. But the thing that we try to instill in them from the get-go, is that they are loved, they have purpose, and that no matter what they are going through, that God is always there. We always just try to share that because that is the one thing that I can give them. If they learn nothing else, if they hear nothing else, I want them to know an unconditional love. And so that's what, that is like what we try to do. Yeah. That's the need you're filling with true pursuit, which by the way, that's what it's called (laughs) is true pursuit. (laughs) Um, And that's, that's what she has built from the ground up. Um, I also wanted to point out too, you said that when you were trying to step into your purpose, you said, well, what resources do I have? Because I think that's a huge obstacle for some people is it's like, well, I don't have the resources. I don't have the money. I don't have, like, there's a lot of I don'ts, but Mm -hmm. instead you shifted that and you said, what do I have? What resources do I have? And that's so powerful because as you have said, you're way further along now than you were when you started, but you would have never gotten to this point had you not just taken the resources you had and and just stepped into it, you know? Hey, for um, sure. That was a very powerful thing. Um, I think many of us need to remember that God does give us resources. We may not have the resources we think we need or want, but we have them and we need right. to take them and step into it and trust that he will keep providing along the way. So you're a great example of that. Um, okay. So the other question that I had too, is just like, I know we talked about where you were when you hadn't woken up the moment that you felt like God was telling you, okay, this is, I'm calling you into this and what that season looked like. I'd love to hear more about what it's like now that you're kind of living this out. Like, what is it like to live out a fully alive life? And I know that that's not an everyday thing, right? Like, it's not like it just, the light bulb happens and we're 
totally woken up to our life every single day and, you know, leading perfection, that's not reality, but, um, how do you, how do you keep living a fully alive life? And what is that like to be there today? I think, well, like you said, it's not like it just happens overnight. I mean, we have those moments and then they, I think they catapult us forward, but then you also, you have to keep moving, you know? And, um, for me, um, it's, you have to be intentional. You have to like be intentional every day, seeking it out, you know, just like for our own, you know, the well-being of our own family, our health, like our finances, like anything else, you have to be intentional with what you're doing. And, you know, when we started out, like that's how we started out. Like you said, I didn't, I think the biggest mistake a lot of people make is that, well, it's got to be the perfect time. We've got to have everything set. We've got to have everything in motion. You don't, you just have to start. You just have to take a step because God will honor that. It's just like we wait until everything is right here and he can't give us everything. We're just holding on tight to what we have. We got to let it go, let go of the good so we can bring the great. And that's how we started with what we had, but also by, you know, looking at what other people have and collaborating and, you know, working with people because he does open the doors. And when you step into it, then another door opens and another one. And so like now, I mean, even we've been doing this, geez, like, I would say like 19, 20 years, you know, and it started out as just like monthly things, you know, like, and then it would be holidays and it would be, you know, just different things. But even like we had a huge shift. Um, it was a year ago, even, you know, I mean, even then, like, I'm like, okay, we're, we started a camp a couple years ago, you know, and I use what we had at our cabin. We had a cabin and I'm like, let's use this. It'll be great for like a camp. And we would bring group homes up one at a time. And it was amazing. I used what was in our hands because we didn't have a campground, you know, and God honored that. And then the very next year we were able to raise the money. And instead of taking like 12 kids at a time up to the cabin all summer long. So every week was filled with kids, you know, um, we were able to take a hundred kids to a campground the following year. And so he helped grow it. Um, and again, at this point it was, um, you know, we're doing the monthly things and then doing the camp. And then last, uh, last winter, like last November, I had another just huge awakening. Like we were, I was at a women, like a conference and someone had spoke over me and she just read my mail. And I'm just not that I'm very skeptical about all that stuff, but she knew nothing, you know, like Angel, I was there for that moment. Yes, I, remember. I, I, I was wondering if you were going to talk about that moment. Cause I feel like yes. that was an, a huge step and breakthrough for you. And I got, it was was huge because I was doing the work, you know, but I was doing what I knew I was capable of doing. Does that make sense? And I know sometimes our dreams, we dream, um, enough to know that, oh, we can make this happen. But I, what she called out of me and I've always held back is I knew I wanted to do more and I knew, but I'm like, do I have the faith to do it? Do I have, and that's the thing. Like if your dreams are just big enough for you to do on your own, where does that leave room for God to come in and move and make it that much bigger, you know? And that day it just, flipped a switch in me, you know, because we were doing the camps and we were doing the monthly things, but I saw these kids and they needed consistency and I needed to see them more than once a month, you know, and we wanted to give them, you know, a place that they could come to a safe haven. And, you know, but again, I'm like, 
well, who am I to do that? You know, I don't have the money to open up something like that. And we don't, I don't have a business degree and I don't have, you know, all the things of what I don't have, you know? And then I'm like, and I remembered her talking about it and someone had approached us about a grant that they thought we would be, um, that would align with what we were doing. And, but the grant was due in four days. And she's like, people have been working on it for months, but I just found out about it. I wanted you to know. And I've never written a grant in my life. I know four days. <laughs> yeah. Four, and it was over Thanksgiving. It was over oh Thanksgiving God. weekend. So she met with me the night before Thanksgiving and the grant was due on Monday. And I, and she's just like, I just wanted to tell you about it. And I'll, I would offer to proofread it for you, but I can't do it. You would have to do the work. And so I was like, you know, just, and it was a huge, it was a big grant. Like we're going up against, you know, big, big brother, big sister, boys and girls club, like all these different things, you know? And she's like, it's probably too much, you know, it's probably too big um, of a jump for your first time. Cause you guys really aren't set up because again, everything we do is ran off of volunteers. We have no official budget. We would get donations around camp holidays, stuff like that, but we don't run on a budget. We have no overhead. And so she just kept telling me, well, don't worry. I'll look for smaller ones. I'll let, and so tried to give me the out and I almost let her. And then I was like, you know what? No, because I remember what like was spoken over me. I remember about the words of saying about don't hold back, you know, about stepping forward. And I wanted to be obedient, you know, and whether or not, like I told Shane, I'm like, whether or not we get this, which I know is a long shot, I'm not doing this for the outcome, I'm doing this to be obedient because I said I would. And if there is an opportunity, it's, I'm not going to get it because I didn't try, Mm -hmm. you know, and what could this do for us? And so I, it was so funny. We had Thanksgiving, um, at our cabin, like that next morning. And then he took the kids and went home and left me there at the cabin. So for four days, I worked day and night on this grant, had two computers going. I was having to look up words, said no idea what they meant. I was the most <laughs> ill-equipped person to do something like this, but again, that's God. And I just reminded her because over and over, she's like, it's okay. If you don't want to do it, it's okay. I'm like, no, it's not, you know, because I just kept thinking David and Goliath, David and Goliath, you know, and that's like yeah. how I felt. And and long story short, like we ended, we submitted the grant and I mean, I had cried and prayed and cussed and I was like, it was just couple, <laughs> all the things. things. <laughs> I've never felt so out of my element and unqualified for anything in my life. Like as I'm answering these questions, I'm like, we don't have that. We don't have that. You know, mm-hmm. all the things we don't have, but I'm like, what do we have? You know, we we serve a bigger God, you know, and he's put something in my heart and he wouldn't put it there unless he's going to provide, whether it was this way or another way. And so I think so many times we let those things get in our way and we tell ourselves these stories that aren't true. So we're reminding ourselves what we don't have, what we can't do, all of those things instead of what we are and who we are and who we serve. And I'm like, no, you know, like. I am driven. I'm strong. I'm like, God's given me this passion for these kids and these heart and it's for a reason. So we did it. And a month later we got the grant and no one was more surprised than her. She's like, I can't believe you got it. I just can't believe it. You know? And, and I couldn't either, but that allowed, it just showed me like God shows up, you know? I mean, there is no reason on earth that we should have gotten that grant. Like it was just a God thing because yeah. we've got, we're going against all these established organizations. But with that, we were able to um, sign a lease on a youth center that's got 20 acres and we're on there with five other nonprofits and it's all surrounding foster care. So we've got 
licensed kitchen and cafe where we serve after school snacks. We've got a learning center. We've got a rec center. We've got outdoor fields and a basketball court. And then there's even other organizations on there that do physical therapy and uh, friends of ours run aging out programs. So once the kids age out, they have housing there and they can finish school. And they, I mean, there's just the way that God orchestrated it was amazing. And had we not stepped out and again, you know, I thought I was being obedient and I was, but I was still holding back. Like I wasn't dreaming big enough. You know, I reached what we were doing, but there's more, you know, and I know there's still more to come. And so since then we've been able to, we're open four days a week. We have kids every day after school. We do tutoring, we do activities. They take music class, karate. Last night we had Latin dancing and, um, and then we feed them all dinner, you know, and just how, and again, we didn't have the budget for that. We teamed up with the food pantry and they're like, we want to provide the food for you, you know? So Every time you step out, God meets you where you're at. You know, we step out and say yes, not knowing where it's going to come from. And then he shows up and he's like, here you go. I love that. So it's just, it's been amazing. That's so powerful. Yeah. And I feel like, I mean, this is why I wanted to have you on the podcast as one of the first guests, because like, I've been able to see a lot of this behind the scenes, like when we talk um, or catch up, but like, I want, there's so many people who need to hear your story because it's like, it's not what I love about it is yes, it's about you, but it's also not about you because mm-hmm. it's, it all points to God every single bit yeah. of it. And that's what I love about it is like, you can't help but see God in your story. Um, and I think you're a great example too, of like, part of waking up to your life isn't even about necessarily like internal stuff. It's also like what you see externally, because when you're not awake, you don't see the opportunities. You don't see what you do have in front of you. You don't see the people that you can connect with who may have the resources that you don't have. Like when you start to wake up to your life, that's when everything around you that's been there all along, but you're able to see it through clarity and through like, okay, how can we work together? How can we collaborate? Um, And so I just think that's so beautiful because so much of your story is through connection and through other organizations and other things like that, that we all have access to. We just often are asleep. So I just think that's so neat. I really appreciate you sharing all that. Um, And I loved too, that you said that part of continuing to lead lead a life that's awake is through intention. This doesn't just click and then it's that way. You have to every single day be intentional. And that's so important for people to hear too, because I think sometimes we will wake up, but then we find ourselves back asleep before we know it because we didn't continue the momentum through being intentional. And, um, I think you, you use three examples, like we're often intentional with our family or our health or our our finances or one of the other, but I mean, we often aren't with our life because our life gets put to the back burner. It's like, yeah, I have to be intentional with my finances because if I'm not, that's going to fall apart and my fall apart and all this, but like your life can fall apart too. And so it's important to also provide, or it's, it's important to also show up with intention in your life. And that's what you are a great example of. So I appreciate you sharing all of that with us today. Thank you. Yeah. Yeah. Is there anything else that you want, um, listeners to know, like, what would you tell somebody who might be in a different stage of where you're at right now? Like maybe they still are in that early stage of just lacking purpose, or maybe they are somebody who, um, is living it out kind of, but still holding on like you were before that conversation, which I did want to touch on just because I was there, but listeners weren't there. So, um, in the moment where that angel was referring to, um, earlier, we were at an event where 
there was somebody who was um, just speaking prophecy, which is that how you would call it? Like, prophecy yes. yeah. Yeah, I'm kind of with you where I'm prophesying over and yeah, and I'm like, "Uh." (laughs) yeah, yeah, I've been in those scenarios where it has not been of God and I've been very uncomfortable, but this one was not one of those scenarios. Mm -hmm. And it was like one of those moments where she pulled Angel to um, the side and in front of everybody, actually, and just started speaking truth over her. And I I was covered in goosebumps because I just it was Holy Spirit. And um, I was like, wow, this is my first experience with something like this, where I just do feel like it is God just speaking to Angel and through this person. And um, it was just such a beautiful moment because I felt like, as you said, I don't, I didn't know all the ins and outs of what you were experiencing at that time by any means, but I did know you had started True Pursuit and you were doing things, but she was calling you to a much higher level and, and empowering you too, not just calling you to it, but letting you know you were capable. And so I'm curious too, if you could speak to like what stood out to you from that conversation and um, like what specifically you, you were left with after that and then how that still impacts you today. So I think, like you said, like a lot of that stuff, I've never been a part of anything like that. And it wasn't, that's the thing. It was a small part. Like this was a whole like leadership thing. And she just oh, yeah. did it very at small. the end. And it was just, and the thing was, I wasn't even supposed to be there that day. And cause we, <laughs> had, like, a, we had like a foster care event going on, but I'm like, I was like trying to show up for one of our friends who was leading it. So I just snuck in the back. So I hadn't even been there the whole time. And so that's, and then when she had called me to the front, I was like, oh my gosh, you know, and And again, I think because I've had this tugging in my heart because, you know, like I said, we do this. It's not my my main like we have a health and wellness business. You know, that is brings in our income. That's what we do full time. That's our baby. This is my passion, you know, and so it um, it just always was like you know, I felt like if I could do this full time, I would do it. Like, you know, there's just no way to pay our bills and do, you know, there is a way I know there's going to be a way because it's coming. But at the time, like I always have to, you know, I have to go to work. I have to do all the steps so that way I can do the foster care. Yeah. Because it pours into that. So that being said, I always felt like, okay, I have my job and I have this and I have four kids, two Mm -hmm. of which are girls we adopted through foster care, you know? So I always was, um, we were, you know, doing the do showing up, we started doing camps, the monthly things, but there was still this tagging because I knew these kids needed more, you Mm -hmm. know, but I always was like, I talked about, you know, we should own a group home, you know, we should, it would be so great if we had a youth center, it would be so great if we had our own camp. And I, but I'm like, it would be so great, but I never was doing anything toward that because I felt like I have enough on my plate and I wouldn't even know where to start. I wouldn't even know where to start, you know? And so, because again, I go back to telling myself, I'm not educated in this. I don't have this. We don't have this, you know, all the things. And so in my heart, there's just this constant tugging of like, I'm supposed to do more. I'm supposed to do this. I'm supposed to do this. But I just was like, I'm, I just stopped because I honestly, I don't know. I just, I let my insecurities get in the way and I'm like, I'm, I'm being obedient. We're doing these monthly things. We're doing this, but I knew like, do you ever just get this feeling like you knew in your heart, like I'm supposed to do more and I'm holding back, 
Mm-hmm. And I know I'm holding back. And so when she had spoke those words over that, she had talked about my leaders. She talked about how our house is open. And we do, we have this open door policy. We've got kids coming and going all the time. Like it's a safe haven. And she called out all these things and that's my heart. But I wanted it on a bigger scale for these foster kids. You know, we've always had that for our kids and their friends and anyone in trouble, they can come. But the way that she just called me out that day, it just, it didn't, she did. She called me out on things that where I was holding back, but she did, like you said, she empowered me. Like I knew what she was saying was from God because I've been hearing it in my prayer time and I've been, it's been tugging at my heart. And it was almost like that kick in the butt you need to just step out. And I didn't know what my next move would be. I just knew I have to do it and I'm going to be open and obedient. So when the grant came around, I'm like, okay, this is it. You know, I did it, it, whether we got it or not, this is the next step, you know? And that's the thing. Like, I think so many times we like, we're afraid of failure. So we try something and we're like, it doesn't work. Oh, it's not supposed to be. I need to stop. And that's not because you fail forward. You know, everything we've done hasn't always worked out, but we just go into it. We're trying to make a difference in the life of one child at a time, you know, one organization at a time, do what we can do, show up for them, you know, and we're going to mess up and we're going to fall short. And that's just part of growing, you know, and you learn from it. And, and I will say the other thing was always in with our, with being a mom, you know, the mom guilt comes quick and easy, you know, and always people would ask me like, aren't you afraid of having your kids around these, these kids? And, you know, there's so, there's so much trauma there and there's so much problems. And, you know, I'm like, they see this stuff on social media. They see this stuff on TV. I would rather my kids, and there was a good fear, you know, I would say when they were younger, like we tried to, you know, stick with the same ages and stuff, but our kids, come to all of our events. They serve at all these things. We brought them along because yes, they're, they do see a lot. You know, these kids come, I've got an eight-year-old little boy that we just love to death, but he's super reactive. And his first thing is to cuss and flip people off if he gets mad, you know? And yeah, so, but know. <laughs> yeah, so I'm like, but the thing is, is my kids can go to school and hear those things. But when we when we are able to teach them and get in front of it and explain like, here's what these kids have gone through. Here is why there's always a reason. There's a reason why people show up the way they do. And it's given our kids empathy for them. It's given them a heart. So our like three out of four of our kids work at the hub. They work at the youth center after school, you know, and they come to campus counselors and they show up and they do the stuff. Now, my kids are not perfect by any means. And it's not always like they're like, yes, let's go. We do a lot of forced family fun. But what's been great great about it, you know, since they've grown up is not only do they come now and they want to come now, they bring their friends and their friends have shown up and been camp counselors and their friends have been down praying for these kids. It's just opened a whole door at Domino Effect. So I would say this, you know, the two biggest things that I walk away with what we've what we're doing and what God's done through us is one, don't be afraid of small beginnings. Use what's in your hands, you know? And when you, when something doesn't work out, you just keep going. Don't quit, you know, because he's going to show up because that will lead to something else, you know, and those open doors, that person, you know, he connects us to different people and situations and organizations and they may not be your one, but they may lead you to that one, you know? And so don't give up. And the second thing is don't let your kids or your family or that busyness be your why you can't let them be why you should. You know, my kids are my why for this. My girls, I look at them and they, 
I see like my girls were those kids that we were working with, you know, they were in group, you know, my daughter was in a group home, you know, and so they're my why. And I don't feel like they're getting the short end of the stick. I feel like they see a passion in a, a heart for people. Like we, we want them to be great. We want them to have character. I want them to be raised to love people and to help those in need. But also I want them to go after their dreams and know when God puts something on your heart, he's going to provide. And so I think by us pursuing this and they've seen the ups, the downs, the struggles, the wins, they'll be more apt to contend for their own dreams and their goals and not quit when things get hard. You know, and know that you can have a family and you can chase your dreams. You know, you can chase kids and chase dreams and you don't have to stop and your kids are going to be better for it and bring them along because it doesn't have to be either or. I live in the end. You can be a good mom and a good businesswoman and be in the ministry and love. There is no where it says we can only be one thing, mm-hmm. you know, and I think that's the biggest thing. Um I try to instill in our kids and in the kids that we work with. So oh, this is so good. I knew it was going to be good, but it was even better than I knew it was going to be. So um, where can people follow along your journey, Angel? Because I know you're definitely not just you, but like your organization. I know that that's something that people are going to want to go follow and support in some way. So how can they find you? So we, you can find us on our website at truepursueaz.com. Also, um, we have Instagram page. And so we keep try to keep that up to date with stuff that's going on, the events, how they can help. Again, we are ran strictly on donations and stuff and um, in partnering with people in the community. So anytime anyone wants to partner or help, I mean, we do Thanksgiving and Christmas and camps and our after school programs. So all of that stuff goes right to the kids. A hundred percent of what comes in goes right back into the programs and the kids. Beautiful. Thank you so much for today. And We are excited. And remember, every day is a chance to wake up to your life. Oh my goodness, you guys. I told you she is amazing. Angel speaks just so much from the Lord and it's so, so amazing to hear. So I just wanted to reiterate what she said about them being completely donor funded as well as grant funded. And if you feel like if you're listening to her and you're feeling like, I want to be a part of this, whether it's donating to their Thanksgiving meal, whether it's Christmas gifts for the kids, or maybe you feel compelled to make this a part of your monthly giving. If that's the case, please go to truepursueaz.com. That's T-R-U-E-P-U-R-S-U-I-T-A-Z.com. And that will be linked in the show notes. You can check out different ways you can get involved. Message me if you have any questions. And I'm so excited to support her in this mission. Thanks, you guys. 